Welcome to Rethinking Leadership, where we're serving fresh ideas over coffee, because nothing happens before coffee. I'm Jackie Lesser. And I'm Dee Yarrison. Grab your favorite mug and let us fill you up. Good morning, Jackie. Good morning, Dee. How are you today? I'm doing well. I have my coffee. and uh, Excellent. And, and we have each other. Aw, yes, we do. <laughs> and we had some sunshine. Happy about that. So, Jackie, you and I have had some really great conversations here in the podcast, and we've talked before about the need to be right. We've talked about our human need to know things, to feel certain about things, that sense of certainty being important to us. And in the last episode, which was episode 13, we talked about the idea of collusion, which was a very important and rich conversation. So if anyone out there listening has not heard that one, uh, I encourage you to, to do so. And today we are kind of bringing all these thoughts together and we're going to talk about the way out, the way out of our collusions. Maybe you could just mention what, what collusion is because oh, yes. you know, it's a word that could have a few meanings, but how we sure. talked about it. Right. So how we defined collusion in the last episode, it is the phenomenon by where I perpetuate the very circumstances that I am agitated by, by the, the phenomenon in which I contribute to or allow to perpetuate the very situation that I complain about, the thing I don't want. So I'm colluding in some way, colluding with the status quo by keeping myself and others stuck in the very situations that we do not want. Yeah. And so today we'll talk about the way out or a way out. Uh, or the topic of this conversation is curiosity. Mm, one of my favorites. Yeah. Not only is curiosity a way out of collusion, but it's also a competency to be cultivated as a leader, as a person in relationship with other people, as someone who is interested in deepening their peace of mind and their personal freedom. Curiosity is a competency definitely um, that enables you to have all of those things, deeper relationships, peace of mind, um, you know, a feeling of freedom. So like, this is just, mm. this is a great one for you, you know, for anybody listening personally as well as professionally. And, and, and it's a coaching competency that you and I learned in our coach training, yes. but it's something that now is becoming mainstream in the workplace. Um, people learning how to do this at home. I mean, obviously something you were born with, but it's something that we learned, learned ourselves out of. Love the way you just said that. We've learned ourselves out of. I know because we were all born with this innate desire for curiosity, an innate curiosity about life, you know? And how things work, right? What's this and what's it for? Yeah. What's under there? Zachary, my three year old, everything. Why? <laughs> What for? You know, just wanting to understand everything. And then I love what you said, learn ourselves out of it. I, I don't love that, actually, but it's, it's true because I think somewhere along the way, we get the notion that it's actually better to have answers than right. questions. You right. Know? Yeah. 
You know, I'm supposed to know things. I have to, I'm supposed to have the answer. Yeah. And I think curiosity keeps us interesting and interested. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So when, when we say curiosity, we mean a couple of things that are relevant to this conversation. So curiosity is that childlike not yes. knowing. They literally don't know mm-hmm. things. So, you know, that childlike sense of being genuine about not knowing something and really wanting to learn about it. So approaching it with a sense of anticipation and expectation. Right, and excitement and yes. innocence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that or raises for me the idea of having a beginner's mind. So beginner's mind we'll talk more about as we move through here, but it's so it's a prerequisite for being truly curious. We must suspend the idea of or the beliefs of what we know and just look at it, look at things as a beginner. Yeah. As if for the first time. And that leads us to another aspect of curiosity, which is the suspension of judgment. So judgment, not just like being judgmental, but also come, the way we come to conclusions about things. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know how this is going to go. Or I know what she's going to say. I know how things work around here. Like that anytime I find myself saying, I know, mm-hmm. I am closing to curiosity, right. really. Right. I already know how this goes. I don't need to be curious. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to add too, that anytime I suspend judgment, I, my, my freedom my feeling of freedom increases mm. because, you know, if I don't think that I know why this is happening or what's going on, then I'm free to actually explore, you know, not be locked, not be locked in to what this, right. what this has to mean. Yeah. It's a freedom to move towards unknown possibilities, right? Like, I don't know where this is going. I, I don't know what's going to, if I don't know what's going to happen here or how this is going to play out, that it's very expansive. So I love that word freedom. It feels very freeing rather than it has to go this way, or I must make it towards this outcome. No, curiosity says, well, there could be other possibilities out there that I don't even know about yet. Yep. Yeah. Curiosity also is like the absence of meaning making in a way. Maybe you could say a little bit more about meaning making. Yeah. You know, I I think that um, we are meaning makers. As Mm -hmm. human beings, our brains like to understand things and know things and be able to predict things. And we we prefer certainty in many cases. So we, we hear something. And if we don't, you know, we hear something and we decide what it means. We like to close the loop. We like to have things wrapped up in a way. And so it's natural. We've been doing that since adolescence. We decide what things mean so that we can know for sure or we can understand how things work. Right. And understand our role or how we fit in. Right. Yeah. How do I respond to this? You know, and so it, it's more predictable, and so it's understandable that we go to meaning-making as a default. And curiosity requires that we push pause on meaning-making. Yeah, and stay in exploration, like be willing to stay open. Yes, stay open. Mm-hmm. Mm. Be an explorer. Be someone who's open to discovering what's new and what's under here and what's on the other side of this. And and be prepared to be delighted. Be prepared to be surprised. I know we're going to talk about questions in a moment, about asking powerful questions. Obviously, that's a very important tool in living into or, or being curious. And one of the, as we're talking about meaning making, 
you know, one of the questions that you ask a lot that I think is just so awesome is what else could this mean? You know, because if I'm making it mean X, this circumstance or the thing you just said means this, then I start going in that direction. Yes. And when I stop, and as you said, press the pause on making that meaning and maybe ask the question, well, what else could this mean? I now could go in that first direction, or maybe it's over here, or maybe it's even over there. So it, it again, it's expansive and opens up the field of possibilities, which is just so beautiful, so um, generative. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that, that to me, that's my go-to question. You know, as soon as I feel triggered by something, you know, and we'll go through the steps in this conversation, but I, one of my most powerful questions that I can ask myself and that I ask clients is, what else could this mean? And I know for me, I have to go looking. Right. I mean, you know, talk about being, you know, an explorer. I had to go looking. Hmm. What else could this mean? You know, I guess, I guess he could have had, you know, maybe something go on before he got to, to me. And that's, you know, maybe, maybe his reaction is based on something that happened even before he walked into this room. Yeah. Right. So yeah, it could be, it could be a number of things, but I, I love it because I love that question because it really has, it changes my focus. Yeah, it does. And it's, you know, it's a way of moving towards being empathetic, you know, because even just in that question, what else could this mean when you consider, well, maybe this is going on for him, or maybe it came out, you know, wasn't, maybe he didn't mean it like this. Maybe he really meant it like that or whatever. It's just, it, it does something within us. It like elevates just by asking those questions. It opens our heart a little bit too, I think, to the possibility that whatever judgment we may be making up about this person, him or herself, yeah. um, it kind of less softens that. Yeah. And also I think it takes the personal out of it in a way, because if I think to myself, if I say, what else could that, what else could this mean? All of a sudden, I'm not taking what just happened personally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I, it, could, it could have nothing to do with me. I mean, maybe it is. I may find out later something else. But I think for now, it, the first thing that, that happened when um, he slammed the door was I, he's mad at me. You know, but mm-hmm. if I think to myself, what else could this mean? All of a sudden, I don't have to take it personally. So I can back up a little bit, not make it about me, right. get more curious. Right. And the answer to that, what else could this mean? Sometimes I get to the conclusion that I really don't know what this means, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And, and that's really great, too, because then I'm not making up anything. Exactly. I have no right. idea. It's just a neutral event. The door, he door, he slammed the door. I don't, it doesn't have to mean anything. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And <laughs> if he is agitated or if that really struck me wrong, there is a way to approach yes. that person. But, you know, it's, it's harder to approach the person when you're taking it personally than it is to be, it, approach that person when you're in neutral. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I have um, a really good friend and... She, at one point, you know, we were having a a phone conversation and what she said on the phone, the way I heard it and the way I interpreted it was, it really hurt my feelings. Like my feelings got hurt and I was really angry and, and mad, sad, and, you know, a variety of feelings. And I remember saying to my husband, I cannot believe she said that. And look, I, I, I bet everybody listening has had that phrase come out of their mouth. I cannot believe she said that. 
So um, anyway, what, what he ended up saying to me, though, was what else could it mean? Like you took it one way. What else could it mean? And, and so I was like, you know what? I have no idea. So the next question that he asked me was, you know, what do you think her intentions were? And do you think that if she knew you were hurt, that that, you know, that that's what she meant? Do you, do you think she would ever intend to hurt you based on your relationship? And that really like that opened it up for me in the in, in a different way. I realized that, you know what, she would have never intentionally meant to hurt me. Mm-hmm. So once he asked me a few questions, then I could get even more curious about what else could this mean? And what was it that she, you know, wanted to share with me? What was it that she wanted to tell me? And, and you know, the way it came out was just one possible meaning. So I want to encourage you, you know, both people in general to always keep going with the curiosity, you know, number one, what, what else could this mean? Number two, based on our relationship, do I believe that she would ever intentionally hurt me that way? Right. You know, or what do I believe about our relationship that would lead me to think that she would hurt me? You know, so there's there's ways to just stay in the conversation with yourself or with another person to cultivate the curiosity, even if you don't have it right away. That's right. Yeah. And Dave's questions open that up for you. Yeah. Um, so let's take a second and just talk about questions. When I think of curiosity, like how to be curious, typically it's through asking questions that I can get curious about something. And there are different types of questions. Some are better than others to ask. So let's just talk about what kinds of questions feel more. Or maybe what a powerful question is, yes. like what the qualities and characteristics of a powerful question really is. Yes. Love that. Um, so one of the first things that always comes up for me is that a powerful question is open-ended or generative yes. versus being closed-ended. And so closed-ended is when we ask a question that can be answered with a yes or no, typically, like, did you finish the project yet? That's going to um, get me a yes or a no, or maybe, you know, some other kind of a dance <laughs> instead of the, right. the no. Then the question that says, how is the project coming along? That's, mm-hmm. I can't just say yes or no to that. So that's going to create, maybe cause me to stop for a moment and think, well, how is the project coming along? Or where are you with the project? Mm-hmm. How can I help you with the project? The questions that are generative, create conversation, create dialogue, are not closed-ended questions. Um, another characteristic or quality of those questions is that they typically will start with the words, with the question word of what, when, where, if, or how, rather than why, and not, not a why per se. So there's a couple questions that, that we just said, Jackie. I said how is the project coming along? And you said, where are you with the project? What do we need to do to complete the project? You know, those kinds of questions. Right. And whenever I present this in a training on listening and asking good questions, people always say, well, why not? Why can't I ask why? We always ask why, you know, to understand something. And, you know, I guess I, I, I answer that by saying it's, 
it's not wrong to, you know, you want to never, never ask a why question, but think about what happens when I ask why. I ask you, why isn't that finished yet, Jackie? And what happens for you? Yeah, I think I think why in general uh, can put you on the defensive, can feel like you have to defend yourself or protect something. Right. Why mm-hmm. isn't that finished yet, Jackie? Mm-hmm. So you're like, uh, uh, I got to think, you know, why isn't it finished? And yeah, so either on the defensive or let's, you know, there's some relationships where, I mean, my husband works in a problem solving environment and they ask why all the time. And I don't think people go around taking offense at that all day long. But I wonder, am I really asking the question that I want the answer to? Because if I ask you, why isn't this finished yet? You're going to give me the reasons. I, I don't really, you know, maybe you're going to make excuses or defend yourself or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's not even really what I want to know. I want to understand where are we? What needs to happen to move it forward? Right. So if I ask those questions, where are we and what what can we do to move it forward? Right, right. We're getting ultimately to the place I really want to get to and I and I haven't and we've preserved the relationship too. You know, I haven't inadvertently put you on the defensive and then if you respond in a defensive way, what's gonna to happen to me? You know, I might pick up something in your tone and now I'm a little bit on the defensive, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think, too, the the other thing that makes a question powerful and curious, you know, really genuinely curious, um, is when you don't know the answer. Yes. So, you know, when your three-year-old asks you why, he really doesn't know. That's right. You know? Um, So when you ask why, you may think, well, because you took yesterday Mm -hmm. off. That's why. You know, or, or you, or, you know, what were you thinking? Even what were you thinking could feel like, you know, that that person was not of sound mind and body when they made that decision. So it's also the quality. So it's number one, I don't, I have no idea the answer. And number two, it's also the intonation and the quality of the, you know, the question that you're asking. Yeah, I love that point about not knowing the answer. Because you're right, Zach asks me why all day long. And I don't go around going, you know, getting all offended and stuff. It's because his questions are so genuinely curious, although a little annoying sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) But really, that's such a great point. You know, we're probably making up something somewhere. We're giving it meaning. Why isn't this finished? Mm -hmm. You know, right. Or, you know, the tone, the tone, like, what were you thinking? Yeah. Versus, yeah. So. When you did that, you know, what, what was in your mind? You know, what was, what yeah. were, what were you thinking about? What were you wondering when you decided to, you know, whatever it was? Yeah, that's so important. Yeah. So I think it is your tone and your body language. There's, there's a number of things that go, go into asking. Oh, most definitely. And I'll, I want to add to that, that truly being curious, when I'm truly being curious and it's not just a tactic I'm going to try or whatever. Right my tone will reflect that. So I think that's just really important. Be the change. So yeah, go out and practice being more curious. Um, And I think the place to start is really within ourselves to get in the mindset of, I'm going to be curious today. I'm really interested in learning something new about so-and-so or about this project or this circumstance. So, you know, we can coach ourselves Mm -hmm. to truly get into that the place of wanting to be curious and from that then our into our intonation will follow will flow mm-hmm. out of our curiosity yeah yeah, that yeah. Makes sense. yeah yeah another quality of powerful questions is that they are focused forward or, or as 
we said earlier, they're generative, which means they are generating something. So here's a really important thing to think about when we ask questions. My question is going to send you looking for an answer somewhere. So again, that's another reason when I ask you why, why isn't the project finished? I'm sending you looking for an answer to that question of why, which may send you to look for a reason or find an excuse or, you know, tell you, tell me why you didn't get what you needed from the other person. But when I ask a different a question that's forward looking, like, what can we do to move this to the next step? Or what options do you see from here? Or if we were to do X, what do you imagine would happen on Friday? You know, whatever. So those kinds of questions send you looking for an answer that you really don't, you really don't know that answer yet. So it causes you to stop. I love when I ask a question and somebody doesn't say anything right away. And they're like, huh, I never thought about that before. That's, that's really good. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And just mm -hmm. because we can't go through an episode without talking about the brain, I'll just say what, another reason why that's really good, aside from the fact that, you know, that person's, you know, we're going to come up with something we don't already know. When I have to, like that uses parts of my brain that we're, you know, those neurons that are firing, that's very engaging when I literally have to go Mm -hmm. problem solving in a new way. I'm not just retracing some old neural pathway yet again, right? I'm like literally looking at where I've never looked before. That's very engaging from a brain standpoint. It's a good motivator. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I'll add one other thing that um, typically uh, powerful questions are simple. Yeah. You know, they're not three parts. They're not, you know, there's not a lot of words. It's just, mm -hmm tell me more or, um, what else? Or then, then what? <laughs> I love that. Uh, you know, they're, they're typically pretty simple. Yeah. So let's just talk about what curiosity is and how you cultivate it. You know, one is you push pause on your meaning making. You get to that beginner's mind place. You ask yourself, what else could this mean? then you can you know, engage with another person and ask a question out of real curiosity. So how are you feeling when that happened? You know, or wow, so what made you go that route? So what made you move in this direction? You know, where were you hoping to end up? So these are questions that you can ask someone else once you've, you know, gotten yourself back to neutral. Yes, that's the first step. You know, what just occurred to me is we can include in the show notes, we have a list of powerful questions that are sorted like into categories, um, you know, to ask in different right. types of situations. Yeah, so we can include that mm -hmm. in the show notes. What you just said, Jackie, is like an in the moment kind of thing. I just, I noticed that I'm having a, a little reaction. I'm feeling a little agitated or not happy about what I just heard. Or, and so I'm tuning into me and saying, taking that breath and what meaning am I making? I'm doing work that we've talked about in many other episodes, the steps to breathe and release the trigger. Right. And then to move into curiosity, we start with ourselves and shift myself out of um, judgment mindset by asking a couple questions. What else might this mean? And one other thing that I think is really powerful is to consider the person specifically, if there's a person involved, you know, if, if the um, trigger has come in a meeting or conversation with another person, 
to, whether you ask this question out loud or not, asking it to yourself, what might it be like for them in this situation? Yeah. yeah. You know, in order for, for him or her to have responded like that, what may be going on for them? I mean, one thing I learn as I get, you know, every day that passes, I just get more and more certain that every single person on this planet has a story that we know nothing about. Mm -hmm. And so when we see behavior or we hear words coming at us and we just judge the impact that those words or behavior are having on me in this moment, and then I go on and behave accordingly to how, based on how I'm feeling, how I'm feeling impacted. We're not doing ourselves or anyone else a service. Yeah. But by pausing. Yeah, no, I was, yeah, I was going to say, you're so right. I mean, I have um, a current client situation. I'm coaching two people in this organization and they both trigger each other. Hmm. So what's so fascinating about it is that we've talked about these things. And, you know, as I'm thinking about their situation, both of them first had to be willing because you know being being right is is pretty attractive yeah. to the brain you know to to the mind <laughs> and so um they both first had to be willing to go to that place of can i meet this person again for the first time yeah you know every time you know so can i be beginners my can i get curious about what else could this mean not only for myself but for that for that other person because you know i have a tendency to say i know how he gets yeah you know, so can I, can I suspend my judgment? Can I meet him again? Can I ask myself a better question? And then can I ask him a good question? But I think, you know, just touching back on, on what I started with was that, that willingness, you know, can so I true. be, right? Can I be willing to be in better relationship with this person? Why? Not for the, his benefit of the doubt, but, you know, not for his, yes, it will absolutely affect him. And for me, peace of mind is paramount here. You know, yeah. feeling free to have a conversation with him is more important to me than being right. Having peace of mind is more important than, you know, assuming I know how he gets and so um, one other piece I think that was important here is based on, you know, even the question that Dave asked me, can I give that other person the benefit of the doubt? Am I willing to see them differently, you know, be new again and not assume that I already know what's going on? And can I give them the benefit of the doubt? For, forgive him for he knows not what he does. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yes. And on the worksheet, um, it's going to be worded in this way where I find it very useful to assume that, yeah, the answer to the question of can I give them the benefit of the doubt is a yes. So I want, uh, you know, we're going to envision that person in our mind's eye and see ourselves giving them the benefit of the doubt, yeah. see ourselves recognizing that I don't know what road this person is traveling on today. Right. You know, I've been astounded time and time again when I learn something about a person that I was having a you know, react a negative reaction to, and then I only to find out later, like what they had to deal with that week yeah. or what is going right. on with their child. Right. And it's a kind, it's a kind, generous thing to do for the other person. And I want to emphasize the peace of mind and the freedom that you yourself are going to gain definitely. by doing that. Yes. Yes. So, so with that yeah. worksheet that you're talking about will be in the show notes. It'll be something that that anyone who's listening can print out and use again and again and again. Because this is this is a process. <laughs> yes, yes. It's iterative. 
Yes, most definitely. And it'll be different. Yeah, it's like you're going to do it once and you're going to need to do it again and again and again. And this relationship that I'm talking about, um, it's been about a year, you know, and um, that they've been at it. But now they they can't not know what they know. Yeah. You know, now they are consciously choosing, you know, when they do what their dance together, you know, they're they're recognizing, oh, wait a second. You know, I have I have a toolbox. I can yeah. reach into this toolbox and I can get what I need so that my experience with this other person can be different, right? I can call up curiosity. I can yeah. cultivate it. I can practice it. And I would encourage people who are listening to, to to cultivate that curiosity in the places where it's easy, in the other relationships, you know, so you build the muscle. Yeah, that's, that's what we did in coach training way back when. It was a long time ago, but I remember the assignment was to like for a whole weekend just be curious about someone you know that you're close to and just yeah. <laughs> I chose my husband and it was just really interesting to, to like wonder why did he just say that or I wonder what he means by that or I wonder what he's mm-hmm. he, I don't think he liked being studied that closely <laughs> but it was really but it was it, it, that is great advice what you said you know start where it's easy because yeah. it's a muscle you're building and then you'll have it right yeah right. yeah Wonderful. Well, this was great. Yeah. And um, I'm going to go get another cup of coffee. Oh, I think I will too. <laughs> <laughs> to curiosity. So look for those show notes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. To curiosity. You know, may you cultivate it. May you find peace of mind through it and feel freer. We're so glad that you were here with us today, listening to Rethinking Leadership, serving fresh ideas over coffee. You can connect with Jackie Lesser on JackieLesser.com and you can connect with me, Dee Yarrison, at EssentialShiftNow.com and we'll see you next time.